Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? It is good to be back. Um, I love coming to Westside. Man, I was excited about, thank you, Justin. I was excited about uh, being here, and um, I, I love being back at Westside and being in Florida. My, my wife and my son are, are here with, us, with me in Florida, but they are with her mom uh, because she's from Florida, so they're visiting them and didn't come up today for that, but I'm glad to be back. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, while you're turning there. Um, I was excited about being here for the baptism Sunday. Man, I, I love being here, and I'm glad Pastor asked me to be here for this. This is one of my favorite kind of days, is uh, is baptism Sunday. I'm not ashamed, day. And so uh, I, I've i got a friend of mine that used to work with me. His name's Zach. And Zach, uh, he traveled with me for three years. And he would help me doing school assemblies and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, he came to me one day, and he was in his early 20s, uh, and he said, hey, Ronnie. He said, uh, I am going to ask Miranda. That was his girlfriend he had been dating for five years. He said, I'm going to ask Miranda if she'll marry me, and I was wondering if you will do the, do the wedding. I said, Zach, I would be honored to do the wedding. I said, you know, I appreciate that. I said, but if I'm going to do that, I need to tell you the truth. And he said, what? I said, you need to know you're going to get ripped off from the get-go. And he said, what do you mean? I said, Zach, you're going to get ripped off on this deal. This whole wedding thing, it's not about you. So you need to get through that through your mind. It's all about her. And I, I just need you to understand that going into this deal. He said, well, how am I going to get ripped off? I said, Zach, before you came and asked me to do the wedding, what was the first thing you had to do? He sat there and thought about it, and he said, um, I had to go buy a ring. I said, exactly. I said, Zach, you're a poor college student. You have no money. You went and bought a, bought a multi-thousand dollar ring. You're going in debt from the get-go. I said, you, that's just one way you're going to get ripped off from, from the very beginning. He said, that's the only way. I said, oh, no, Zach. I said, I'm going to tell you, what, that's just the beginning. I said, so here's what's going to happen. They're going to start throwing all these parties for y'all. They're going to say it's for the bride and groom, but Zach, it's not. It's just for her. And all the presents, they're just for her. He goes, that's where you're wrong. He said, I got to register. I said, Zach. Where, where, where'd you register at? He said, um, Dillard's, Macy's, Home Depot, I mean, uh, um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, and stuff like that. I said, see, if it was really for you, you would get to register at Home Depot, Lowe's, Academy, uh, Bass Pro Shop, uh, uh, all those places. You would have got to register those. See, because listen, ladies, let me just tell you all something. Uh, when y'all go give the bride and groom a bunch of uh, lace and china, we, we, we don't want china. Do y'all understand? We do not want China. No, you want to give us some plates? Give us a thousand paper plates. So when it's our turn to do the dishes, we just say, hey, baby, got this one. We just throw them out there. That, that's what I'm talking about. No, see, and listen, y'all want to give us China's? No, no. We want some power tools, okay? I don't care if we don't have a tree on our place. We want a chainsaw. Get the groom a chainsaw where we can just go out there and just fire that puppy up just wham, bah, 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 during Halloween and scare all the kids in the neighborhood and stuff. That's, that, we want stuff like that. We want nail guns, pop, 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 even if we're not even going to use them, just so we got them. That's, that's what we want. And he said, well, that's the only way. I said, no, Zach, you're going to get ripped off the wedding. You just need to understand the wedding is not about you. It's all about her. Case in point, my wedding. Right, my wife, I told you, she's from Florida, from Cocoa Beach area. We, we got married here in Florida. And so uh, I said, Zach, see, like at my wedding, uh, my dad did my wedding. So uh, 
we were at, we had the side door over here, you know, and so I'm standing, and dad's in front of me, then me, and then my groomsmen, and so there was a wedding coordinator. Do y'all have a wedding coordinator here? There's always a wedding coordinator at the church, you know, so the wedding coordinator standing at the back. Our cue to come out was she's just supposed to nod at us. That's our cue to come out. So all the grandparents get seated and all that kind of stuff, and then she nods our direction, just like that. Dad said, okay, time to go. Let's go. I said, wait, Dad, wait. He goes, what? I said, I, I, I don't hear any music. I don't think we're supposed to go. He goes, oh, okay. So we sat there. Wedding coordinator getting mad now. She's like, he said, I, I really think we're supposed to go. I mean, she's, she's nodding. I think we're supposed to go. I said, but, Dad, listen, I don't, I don't hear any music. I don't think we're supposed to go. He goes, okay. We sit there. Now she's getting really mad. She's back there doing this right here. He said, I, I know. She, she's telling us to go. I said, fine. We walk out, no music, no, none. I just walk. People are just looking at me like, mm, that's who she's marrying? She could have done better. Oh, but no, when the bride comes out, whole different ball game. I mean, there is an entourage with the bride. Okay, so first of all, in our wedding, we have four miniature little girls in like little wedding dresses, okay? And they've got a little basket with rose petals in them. And they, they have their own music. Do y'all understand? They're two foot tall. They're not getting married, and they get their own music. I had none. So here they come. They get a little, it's a little tinkle music. I don't even know what it is. Just like tinkle, tinkle on a harp or something. Just tinkle, tinkle. And here comes little girls down the aisles. Four of them. And everybody's, oh, oh. And they come down, tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. And they're like plopping their little rose petals. Plop, plop. Put them exactly where they're supposed to go. Then they come up here and they stand exactly where they're supposed to stand. Pop, 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 pop. Not on my side. No, I don't get cute little girls on my side. I get some snot-nosed little boy. I don't even know who he is. We come in here, he's playing cops and robbers with the crowd and shooting the crowd. Pow, 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 pow. And I'm having to get my groove. Would y'all tie the boy up? Duct tape him. I don't care. Do something. He's embarrassing the fool out of me. Tie the boy up. Little girls all stand there just look like they're supposed to. Just uh, Then, after they come down, it kicks up a notch. So now it's tinkle music with a little orchestra. Whoa. Tinkle music, tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Whoa. And here comes bridesmaids down the aisle. And I mean, they're coming. And they keep coming. And they keep coming. Do you know how many's in my, my wedding? Not one, not two, not three, not four. Ten. We have ten bridesmaids in our wedding. Do y'all understand? I don't have ten friends. I had to hire eight people off the street. I don't even know. Just to put them in a tux just to match up to her side. She's got a daggum choir up here. They're all over the place. It's like, pop, 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 pop. And so then, after they all get up here, then there's a dramatic pause. And you know what happens. One chord. It's like the C chord or something. I don't know. Some people, it might be an F. Somebody got a piano back there? Do, do y'all know how to play anybody? Do you know how to play this thing? The, the, the wedding thing. Come on up here. You get, are you ready for this? We didn't even prepare this, all right? Do you know the, the one coming down? Wear that thing out, same thing. All right. 
Y'all almost stood up just then, didn't you? Admit it, you almost, it's like inbred in you. You hear that chord, you just stand up, turn around, salute the back. And, and a bunch of you ladies, y'all start crying, and you don't even know the woman. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, she's so she's so pretty. You don't even know her. She's just so pretty. Just, I don't know. And then, all right, do you know the chord coming down the aisle? And so here comes my wife down the aisle. I'm thinking, what is taking so long? I mean, I came in. I just came in, you know. Oh, no. Taking forever. I'm like, okay, I know you get married once in your life, but dragging it out this long, that's ridiculous. Finally, I figured, go ahead and start all over and do it again. Okay, but, so she's coming down the aisle. I'm thinking, what? Why is she doing Finally, I figured out what the deal was. She, she's got a 60-foot train out the back. She can't pull it down the aisle. And she's like, I wish I'd have worked out in the gym a little bit more. On my legs. Finally, Uncle Charlie can't take it no more. Whips out his pocket knife. Cuts that thing off. (laughs) Gets the front. Thank you. Y'all give her a hand. But you know what happens right there when she gets to the front? It happens in every wedding. The pastor says, who gives this bride away? And then her dad says, her mother and I do. They get up to the stage. You get to the point where the part about the vows. And, and the pastor looks at the groom, and he says, may I have the ring, please? Let me ask all of you ladies something. What if that point in the wedding, on your wedding day, your special day, that your groom said to the pastor this, Psst, skip it. The ring. I've got to talk about the unending love, the purity. Give me the ring. This is no time for a gross joke. Psst, Pastor, it's not about the ring. It's just about our love for each other. I'm not playing. I need the ring. Give me the ring, please. Psst, Pastor, we just love each other. We don't need the ring. All right, ladies, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you by a show of hands. And remember, we're in church. So don't be lying. How many of you ladies, by a show of hand, if your groom did that to you on your wedding day, would not go bridezilla all over his head right there at the altar? Go ahead, raise your hand. Raise your hand, ladies. Oh, my goodness. We have got a ton of people in here lying through their teeth. You know liars going to hell. Pastor, I, pre- I need to preach another message. I need to preach on lying. We got uh, tons of ladies in here lying. No. Oh, no, Brother Ray. I would just pray for him. I would just pray. That's all I would do. Y'all bunch of liars. All right, listen, let me just show y'all. Y'all won't see, ladies, since y'all can't tell the truth in here in church, watch this. Men, I'll show y'all some honesty. Men, how many of you, if you spent that hard-earned money buying that rock that she picked out and you put on her finger, how many of you men, if you took her to a nice restaurant, I mean, you kind of with real silverware and real glasses that didn't say the letter M on it and stuff, and, and not plastic silverware, but I mean talking about real silverware. And you got down on your knee in that restaurant in front of everybody, and you said, will you marry me? And you popped out that ring. How many of you, if, if she did this to you, she said, mm, that, that's a pretty ring. I want to take the ring. Yes, and uh, I want you to uh, buy me a new house, a new car. Uh, take me shopping every week. Um, keep taking me to nice restaurants like this. 
Um, but, honey, I want to also keep dating other people, too. All right, ladies, y'all want to see some honesty? Y'all watch this. Men, how many of you, if your bride-to-be did that to you, embarrassed the fool out of you in that restaurant and did that, how many of you would take that ring and chunk it in a lake? No. You would take it back, hawk it, get your money back, raise your hand right now. Raise your Go ahead, see? Ladies, do y'all see this? Do y'all see this? That's honesty right there. That's honesty. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. If you don't want your future spouse to treat you like that on your wedding day, why do you think you can do that to Jesus? See, because here's the deal. We come together in front of all our family and friends and celebrate our love for each other. And we get married and let everybody know. We put a ring on to say, I'm committing to that person for the rest of my life. How much more should we celebrate Jesus who died on the cross for us, gave his life, his blood for us, so we can have forgiveness of sin, so we can have a relationship with him. How much more should we celebrate Jesus and do what he tells us to do? Once we give our life to him, first step, follow through and be scripturally baptized. Baptism is the wedding ring of the Christian life. And before this thing's over with this morning, there's going to be a ton of people here that's going to follow through and do that. We're even going to have people that are seeing this on TV and on Facebook Live. They're going to get out of their car. They're going to drive up here and get baptized today. By the way, on TV, you got plenty of time. If you can't make the 930 service, then you can make the 11. If you got people that are in your house that just are too slow, you can get them up, get them ready, and be here to be baptized. Can I get a witness on getting a fresh start this morning? Amen? All right. So, this is going to be a shorter sermon because we got to get to it and start baptizing people. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cover three things real quick. First of all, number one, what is baptism? What is it? Romans chapter 6, verse 3. And by the way, I'm not preaching here this morning as a Baptist. So, y'all don't have to be freaking out and all that kind of stuff. I don't care what denomination you are, what denomination you're from. I'm preaching as a Christian who loves Jesus, and I preach in all different kinds of churches and denominations. I'm gonna be, I don't care if you have a Catholic Bible, Protestant Bible, what I'm preaching is in your Bible. And if you don't like it, you're just going to have to get mad at God and have a little talk with Him because I'm just telling you what's in His Word, okay? And there's gonna, even going to be some Baptists going to get a little ticked off today. So, Baptists, y'all just going to have to deal with it, all right? Because I'm preaching from what the Word of God says. Uh, amen? Okay. Romans chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. All right. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the, the Bible was not written in English. Okay, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. All right, so in the Greek there in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, when it says that we were baptized into his death, the Greek word for baptize is baptizo. It means to immerse. So everybody that was baptized in the New Testament, every single one of them that was baptized in the New Testament were immersed. They were not sprinkled, splashed, nothing like that. They were immersed. Why were they baptized that way? Because everybody understood what the symbolism meant. Here's what it is. When you go underwater, when it talks about we were baptized into his death, when you go underwater, it's a symbol, your old person, your old nature, your sin, your junk. It's buried. Just like Jesus, when he died on the cross, they took him down from the cross, they buried him in a grave. 
When you come up out of the water, it's a symbol you're a new person in Christ, just like Jesus when he rose from the dead. That's what the whole symbolism meant, and that's why we're to be baptized that way. And so that's what the Bible teaches. Here's basically what the deal is. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. Now, I'm going to be straight with everybody, okay? You need to know this. The Bible does not teach that you get baptized to get saved. All right, does everybody understand that? The, just like this wedding ring. When I walked down the aisle, I put the ring on. The ring did not make me, whoo, magically all of a sudden love my wife. I already loved my wife. This ring was just a symbol letting everybody know that I'm committing to her and her alone for the rest of my life. That's what is a symbol. Same way as a baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. It's just a symbol letting everybody else know you've been saved. Now, I tell you what, if baptism would save you, here's what I'd do. I'd have hooked me up a water hose. I'd have hit it behind this little curtain right here. When it came time for him to taste it, I'd just whip it out and just <laughs> hose every one of y'all. Make sure y'all all getting baptized. Make sure y'all all going to go to heaven. Y'all people in the back, y'all just be barely sprinkled. Y'all be Methodist. i just make sure everybody... Just make sure everybody's going to go to heaven. Baptism, though, does not save you. It just lets everybody else know you've been saved. All right? Amen? That's what baptism is. You say, okay, Ronnie, then what's the big deal? Why should I be baptized? Three things real quick on why you should be baptized. First of all, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Verse 15. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, by the way, right there, the Greek word once again, baptizo, Jesus was immersed. Okay? He wasn't sprinkled. He wasn't splashed. He was immersed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now let me ask you a question. Did Jesus need to get baptized to get forgiveness of sin? No. Jesus was sinless. Jesus had never, ever sinned. So why was Jesus baptized? Jesus was baptized to set the example for us and to identify with us. Just like the prophets of old, like Moses and Daniel and Nehemiah, they didn't sin and betray God. The nation of Israel had sinned, but they confessed sin on behalf of the nation of Israel. Folks, Jesus was just setting the example for us and letting us know, hey, this is the way you're supposed to do it. So we're to be baptized the way Jesus was baptized. The second reason why we're to do it is because Jesus commands us to be baptized to be baptized. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus commands us to be baptized. That's the second reason why we're to do it. Now, let me show you the third reason. It's because the Bible commands us to be baptized. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38, then Jesus came to them and said, I'm, I'm sorry, but Acts 2, 37, 38. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You may just break it down for you what baptism is. 
Baptism, it's just a matter of obedience. That's the bottom line. It's just a matter of obedience. The Bible teaches once we give our life to Christ, the first step we are to follow through and be scripturally baptized. And there's, I mean, I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of people that I've talked to over the years in my ministry that are always struggling with their salvation. Am I saved? Am I not? Back and forth. And a bunch of them, the reason why they're struggling is, is because they've never fought through and been scripturally baptized since they've been saved. So let me ask you a question. How can you be a godly deacon, a godly Sunday school teacher, how can you be a faithful member of the church, a faithful usher in the choir loft, in the band, if you won't obey the first step God teaches us to do, if you won't obey him there, how are you going to obey him the rest of your Christian walk? You, you think God's going to rewrite his word just for you? No, so here's what we're doing. During the invitation today, the band, the choir, nobody is playing up here. We're, we're going to play a CD. Do you know why we're doing that? Because I can't tell you how many worship leaders I've seen get their baptism in order, how many choir members, how many band leaders, how many Sunday school teachers and deacons. So we're giving everybody the day off. So if you need to obey God, there's no excuse why you can't do it. And we're going to give you a chance today. And I'm going to tell you something. When you obey God, God will bless your obedience. I was preaching in California not too long ago, and it was in a a semi-circular type of deal like this. On the right-hand side, second row, there was a lady that was a counselor. During the crusade, she had a badge on, had a counselor badge. During the invitation, she took her badge off, set it down, walked up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I need to get my baptism in order. As soon as she did that, her 16-year-old son that she'd been praying for for years to follow through him and give his life to Christ, he walked right behind her and he gave his life to Christ and he was saved that morning. God blessed that mother's obedience. And God will bless your obedience. You say, okay, Ronnie, I understand what it is, I understand why I'm supposed to do it, but Ronnie, what I get confused about is when. I mean, you got all these people saying when you need to get baptized and all that kind of stuff at a certain age or this or that or when they're a baby and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, I don't know when. All right, let's just go with what the Bible says, okay? And so here's where there's going to be some Baptists get a little start, getting a little, huh, huh. So not going to have a problem with the first part, but they're going to have a problem with the second part. All right, here it is. You ready? When do you need to get baptized? Two things about when. First of all, it is after you commit your life to Christ, not before. And some of you got the cart before the horse, and you were baptized first as a baby, kid, whatever. Later on in your life, you gave your life to Christ, and since you've given your life to Christ, you haven't been scripturally baptized. You say, oh, no, I got baptized. I've been baptized four times. No, you've been wet at church four times. See, you can't be scripturally baptized till you're saved to begin with. And you say, well, where does it say that? Where is it in the Bible that's always after you're, you're saved? Uh, we could go on and on, Scripture after Scripture. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to cut it down to just two, okay? Acts chapter 8, verse 13, Simon believed, and then he was baptized. He did not get baptized first. He believed, then he was baptized. You want another one? Acts chapter 10, verse 47 through 48. Says uh, they've received the Holy Spirit. What prevents them from being baptized? And so then they were baptized after they received the Holy Spirit, not before. And so some of you are just like my wife. My wife grew up here in Florida, Cocoa Beach. When she was 10 years old, her mom decided to take her and her baby brother down to the church to baptize her. So she said, We're going to go to the church to baptize you this morning. My wife said, Okay. She's 10 years old at the time. She goes, Okay. She goes down to the church, baptize her. She's 10. Her baby brother's just a few months old. 
My wife grew up her whole life thinking because she was baptized at church and because she was a good girl, that was going to get her to heaven. It was not until my wife was 26 years of age that she realized that the only way her sins could be forgiven was because Jesus died on the cross for her sins and was buried and rose again. So my wife repented of her sins at the age of 26, invited Christ to come into her life, and as soon as she did, she fought through and she was scripturally baptized. You said, but what, wasn't that a slam on her mom? No, it was not a slam on her mom. Listen, I'm sure that that was special with her mom, and I'm sure that that was meaningful with her mom, but it was not scriptural. And my wife knew it was more important to obey what God's word says than to worry about what her mom or anybody else thought. And she was baptized that day. Guess who came to see her baptized? Her mom. Listen, it's after you give your life to Christ. You say, okay, but Ronnie, that, uh, there's one other thing. Okay, here's the second thing on when. And then we're done, and we're going to start baptizing. You ready? And this is where Baptists are going to freak out. So, Baptists, I need y'all to get a little deep breath, okay? Just a little, just so y'all, I won't have any of y'all passing out on me or anything like that. Just kind of do a deep breath just, and just exhale. What, one more because I'm still worried about it. I didn't see anybody get a deep breath. All right, ready, one more. And just exhale. All right, you ready, Baptists? Here it is. It's immediate. It's immediate. I know some of y'all about to pass out, but y'all going to have to deal with it. You don't believe me? Let's look in the Bible, okay? Because what matters is what does the Bible teach? What's it do? Okay, so Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. That day. They were saved and baptized the same day. Not six weeks later, not six months later, not two years later, they were baptized that day. You said, but Ronnie, that's the early church. You know, they were flying by the sea of their pants because Peter, the way he was and stuff, and he's just all over the place and scatterbrained. So they weren't organized like we're organized now. That's why they were, you want another one? Okay, here's another one. Acts chapter 8, verse 36. Now you got Philip the evangelist and the Ethiopian eunuch. God tells Philip to go stand by the chariot. So, God, uh, so Philip goes and stands by the chariot. Ethiopian eunuch is reading the book of Isaiah. He says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand what I'm reading? Let somebody explain it to me. He says, get up in the chariot. So he gets up in the chariot. They go down the road. Dude ends up getting saved. All right, verse 37. He says, uh, as they, uh, 36, as they travel along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, hey, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? He gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him on the spot. Hey, guess what? It was just Philip and the eunuch. There were no deacons there to vote on it. No baptism committee. No, no, uh, didn't say, hey, you need to wait till church next Sunday to do it. Baptized him on the Spot. Hey, guess what else? The eunuch had no family members with him. Zero. Didn't call him in from the East Coast, West Coast. Didn't send out a thousand invitations of so he can come see him baptized. Baptized him on the spot. Hey, y'all want another one that's really weird? Y'all ready for this? This is where Babs is really going to freak out. Y'all ready for this? He wasn't even from their church. Ooh, 
wasn't even from their association. He's from Ethiopia. Philip's like, hey, man, you want, you want to do this? He's, yeah. He said, you know, because he's thinking, I might get killed on the way back home. So I, I need to obey God. God says we need to do this. Boom, let's do it right now. So it's immediate. You say, Brian, but that's just because there was another crazy evangelist. You know how all you evangelists are. Y'all the same way. All right, you want to know? Here's the, if you don't like this one, you're going to have to tear out most of your Bible. And then what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to walk around with the little floppy leather part. Just All you have to do is the leather, and then just tear out the rest of your Bible if you don't believe what the Bible says, okay? Because this guy wrote the majority of the New Testament. His name was Paul. So Paul and Silas were in jail for preaching the gospel, all right? So they're pra- praising God. They're praying and singing out to God, having a worship service in jail. All of a sudden, big earthquake busts up. Everybody, all the convicts start running out. The head dude that's over all the whole, the warden, he's thinking, man, I'm going to get killed in the morning. My boss is going to kill me, so I might as well kill myself because he's going to do it real, really bad. So I'm going to kill myself because I let all these convicts go. He's about to kill himself, and Paul saw so like, hey, hey, don't, don't be killing yourself. Acts chapter 16, verse 29. He said, we're, we're in here still. So the jailer called for lights. He rushed in, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, now remember, the earthquake took place at midnight. So it's at least, by the time they get back to the dude's house, Paul preaches to them, they get cleaned up, all that kind of stuff. It's at least 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? So the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately, and be underlying that in your Bible, immediately, at least 2 o'clock in the morning. That's being generous. It could have even been later than that. Immediately, he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before him, and he was filled with joy. Circle that in your Bible. He was filled with joy because he had become to believe in God, he and his whole family. Let me tell you something. When you give your life to Christ, you fall through, you're immediately baptized. The Bible says he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. There's a lot of you don't have joy today. You can have it. You can have that today. You say, Ron, you really think there's going to be a lot of people in here get baptized? I know there is. First time I preached this message was in Virginia, Abingdon, Virginia. And if y'all don't believe me, I know there's always a lot of skeptics and doubters and all that kind of stuff. So you want to write this down so you can call the church when we get through. Highlands Fellowship, Abingdon, Virginia. First time I preached it on a Sunday morning just like this, we baptized two Hundred people. Two hundred. And some of you go, oh, I know what y'all did. Y'all went and got them buses, went and got a bunch of kids, and brought them on down there and baptized all these kids, didn't know what they're doing. No, we had no kids baptized because there were no kids in the service. They had their own children's worship service. You said, well, who, how did all the people get baptized? You want to hear who one of them was? One of them was a flight engineer on Air Force One for President Bush and President Obama. That was one of the guys. You want another one? There was another guy named Johnny that got saved in the 70s and was scared to death of water and never had been baptized. He was baptized that morning. You want another one? Uh, There was a husband and wife that just got out of jail. Both of them got saved that morning. They were saved and baptized that morning. You you want another one? Because some of y'all think y'all got a good excuse. Uh, There was a girl who had just had surgery on her nose, could not get her nose wet. So she got an oxygen mask, put it over her nose, so that when she went underwater, her nose would stay dry, and she could obey God. I saw a little girl last week in Maypole, Texas, about 12 years old, had two broke legs. And with casts on, 
She went and got a garbage bag, put over each leg, and she was baptized Wednesday night. What, what's your excuse? Really, you think you got a good excuse? I know you do because you, you've been working on a long time. Guess what? I've been working on an excuse too. So we're ready. All right. And, and uh, let me just say, some of you ladies are going, oh, Ronnie, just I can't do it today because my family's not here. It's just if my family is such a special occasion, I would send out invitations. I would invite them and all that. Hey, let me tell you something. We got people here taking uh, pictures. We got photographers. They're going to be taking pictures of everybody getting baptized, and we're going to get the picture to you. You know what you can do with that picture? You can send it off to Walmart. Get wallet-sized pictures of you getting baptized. Hundreds of them, real cheap. You can mail them out all over the country. They even got a thing now called Fathead for athletes. You can invite all your people over after church next Sunday, blow that sucker up as big as a fathead, plaster it on your wall, and go, whoop, there it is. There's me getting baptized last Sunday right there. You missed it, but there it is. If you're worried about your family not being here, that's a big deal. Hey, the Ethiopian eunuch, how many people do you have with him? Zero. No family, no friends, nobody. He just knew it was important to obey God's word, and he did what he, what he was told to do. It's that simple. Some of you go, but Ronnie, I didn't know you were doing this today. If I knew you were doing it, you know, I'd be ready, but hey, <laughs> What you see is what you get. That's all I got right here. I got, can't get this wet. Can't go home like this. Like this wet. We got you covered. We have got you some drawers. We got you all kinds of stretchy drawers, big drawers. And these are brand new drawers. Okay? Nobody's business has been in these drawers. All right? So we got you brand new drawers. We got you a brand new I Am Not Ashamed t-shirt. Right? Here, and we have you a towel. So what's your excuse? None. Zero. It's time to do this. So, oh, but wait, I forgot. Pastor, there is people here that has a really legitimate excuse why they can't get baptized. And that's those of you that have never given your life to Christ. So you can't get baptized yet. See, because this isn't about getting wet. This is about a celebration of our love for Christ and what he did for us and identifying with him, following through what he tells us to do. And if you have never given your life to Christ, you can't get baptized yet. But I'm going to tell you this. If you want to walk out of here with joy because you've been trying all this other stuff to fill that void in your life, trying to relationships, money, things, jobs, trying to fill that void, education, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you something. None of that stuff is going to fill that void. Only Jesus can fill that void in your life. And if you've never done that before, if you have never admitted that you sinned against God, you have never repented and turned from your sin, and you would like to do that today, because see, as of right now, you are separated from God. And the consequence of that separation is eternity in hell. But Jesus died on the cross for you. They took him down from the cross. They buried him in a grave. And three days later, he rose from the dead. That's what this whole thing, baptism, symbolizes. And if you would like to say yes I want to identify with him. I want a relationship with him. Then I'm going to give you a chance in just a second to pray right where you're seated. And what, you can pray with me. And you might be watching at home on television or on Facebook. If you would like to pray and invite Christ to come to your life right now, you can do that. And I promise you, he'll give you peace. He'll give you joy that nothing else will. And not only that, when you die, you'll be able to spend eternity in heaven. So if you'd like to have that relationship, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Can you do me a favor? Can you give me two minutes? Nobody get up. Nobody leave. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?
Just two minutes. I don't want anybody to be disturbed. With two minutes left, if you say, Ronnie, I'd like to do that, then pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. And God, I turn from my sins. And I invite you into my life to be my boss and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. If you're here this morning.